And you're very welcome to this podcast, This Adult Life with myself, Fiona. And myself, Mark. And today we're talking about, well, what are we talking about? Comparison? Yes. We've got lots to cover. We're going to be talking about how we can kind of compare ourselves on social media. When it comes to our friends, it gets a little bit competitive. And the uh, the one that can happen to any of us, sibling rivalry. All of that and a whole lot more. And there's some solutions too, right here on This Adult Life, the podcast. So the reason why we decided to do this podcast was because we were out one night and we were with friends and the topic came up about him and his younger brother. He found himself when he was in his 20s that his younger brother was married and he was starting to have his own family. But he found himself going, he was comparing, I suppose, to him going, how come I'm not married? How come I'm still single? Shouldn't I be married first because I'm the older brother? So it got us thinking and he was like, you know what, that'd be a really good podcast for you guys to do. So that's what we're talking about tonight. Um, comparison and how it can actually be the thief of joy. But it is actually a, a quote, isn't it, by a president, uh, Roosevelt. That's Roosevelt. right. Yeah, he said, you know, comparison is the thief um, of joy. And I think it's so true because I think a lot of people now are in a state of comparing whether it be, and we'll talk about all these topics throughout the night, like, but you've got the Instagram thing, the social media thing. You've also got then obviously your friends, then you've got, you know, siblings, you know, family, whatever. There's so many facets to comparison. And I think it can kind of sneak in and we don't always realize. And, and that's really why we wanted to talk about it tonight, because it is something that affects most of us. And we all can slip into that habit and we all can do it where we just start to compare ourselves and kind of, you know, it, it affects you. But I think, you know, social media is probably a good place to start because I think that's one we can all relate to as far as we know how Absolutely. that is. Um, like I know with Instagram right now, you know, and whatever social media is in at the time, but Instagram seems to be where it's at right now. But like you have this story where a picture goes up and then you're scrolling through your feed and you see that picture of, you know, this person like living their best life or <laughs> hashtag 100, hashtag winning, you know, and it's a gorgeous photo of them in a lovely location or a lovely meal or them and their partner. And, you know, it can look so lovely. However, if you're in a place of discontentment and if you're not happy in like, your relationship or you're not happy, you know, where you go on holidays or there's so many things we can compare, you know, we can start to look at, you know, oh, their hair is so much better than mine, you know, or there's so many things, you know, guys and girls will look at. They'll look at different things, see different things, but react differently because the whole comparison thing kicks in. I think though with Instagram, it's brought it to life more because like you're seeing a lot more people and their lives and, you know, what they're doing. Like, for example, with me, like you go to the gym, whatever, and you feel like you're doing great. But then you see on your feed these Instagram fitness models and you're like, wow, I really thought I was doing great. But, you know, they have filters and stuff like that, too. So I don't think Instagram is the best place to be comparing no, our lives. I think it's look, I think it's one of those things. It's it's a cool thing when it's good, when everything's going rosy, you know, Instagram's rosy and you're posting yourself and you're feeling great and all that kind of thing. But as we all know, it's not a true representation of life. <laughs> Instagram is so misleading. I mean, people put up their best stuff. Look, and I know for a fact, I remember not that long ago talking with someone who posts and is, I mean, their business is Instagram. And, you know, I seen a picture up that day and I was meeting them that day to kind of have a chat with them and, you know, see if it could help or whatever. And their life was in a, in a, not in a great place, just where they were emotionally and different things. But I'm like, 
their photo that morning, you would swear they were just living the dream. And I, but this is true for everyone. Everyone puts their best side out. Nobody wants to go on there. You know, and there are some accounts now come out where they're kind of putting out the good, the bad, and the ugly of life. You know, they're being so honest, and I think it's a good thing. But what was interesting where like Instagram, when a social media platform is, and it's a business at the end of the day, but when they see the need, maybe we should take away the likes so that people can't see how many likes you know things are getting. It's because we were, it was obvious that we're, we're becoming like obsessed with, with how many likes does our picture get? And if someone else's picture gets more likes or more comments or lack of likes. Like last week, I was at a conference and I was speaking at it. And afterwards, I was talking to a guy I hadn't seen in a while. Um, and he's in business. And he was posting a lot on social media, you know, like Facebook and Instagram. And all of a sudden, he's not. He's like just gone off the radar. He's still posting a little bit on Instagram, but nothing anywhere else. And he was really proactive. I mean, this guy was really proactive. Anyway, long story short. And he told me, he said, you know, I had to just come away because I was getting too wrapped up in how many likes I was getting, how many comments I was getting. And if a picture got less likes than another one, I would think, oh, that's because. And then he would zone in on stuff. And this is a bloke. This is, you know, grown man. That, like this can happen to, this can happen to anybody. You're a teenager. It doesn't matter who you are. And long and short of it, what happened was he went and said, you know what? He saw that it was creeping in and his wife kind of earmarked it and said, you're really becoming obsessed with the popularity of how many likes and quotes or comments you're getting and stuff. And you really need to take a step back. And what he did was he did, a, as we call a social media detox, he pulled away from all of the platforms, bar one, bar Instagram. And all he does on Instagram now is posts some stuff because he kind of has to for his business, but he's not looking at the likes or the comments or any of that stuff and that is how it can happen to anybody and you don't realize it's happening because here's one thing i want to share right you have someone you wake up you're in good form and then you go online and then you see a picture and maybe you know your business isn't that busy and this person they're in the same business as you so a business peer and you see them doing so well and all of a sudden you're like, oh my goodness, look, they're busy. Look at their shop, it's so full today. Or look at their restaurant, it's packed and mine's not full on Mondays. How are they getting all that business? Or you go online, you see someone, oh, they're going away on another holiday. Man, I haven't been on a holiday. I know I could never <laughs> afford to go there. Or And then obviously, so you woke up in fine form, but next thing you know, because you're seeing this uh, picture, your mood is plummeted and now you're in bad form. And you may not even realise until later on and someone might even say or you might even think yourself and go I'm not in great form and you might think and then if you learn to like think back you might realize well maybe it was something to do with the scrolling that was happening that morning or whatever else which kind of set you off for the day and and that's how easy it can happen yeah I think I think it's really important though like to remember for us all to remember that everybody puts their best foot forward on Instagram yep. it's not real life and you know, it is to an, uh, to an extent, but people put their best foot, foot forward. And especially with, which I love, I have to admit, filters. Well, filters are your <laughs> friend. But, you know, like, this is the thing. It's not real to life. And, we, and the thing is, we all know this stuff. We all know this advice, you know. And I, I, it's, it's amazing, even when it comes to friends and sibling rivalry, which we'll talk about shortly. But when it comes to this, the social media, we would give someone else the advice that we sometimes need to hear ourselves. Mm-hmm. And the comparison thing is, and here's the thing, comparison is not always a bad thing. No. It's not always about. It's not. I think when when you're compared but it pushes you to do better, it's a good thing. Yeah. Like I remember seeing a guy and he was he was doing a talk, um it was a TED talk and I was like, "Wow." Cuz I mean, I, like I get to speak, you know, at, at events and stuff and it's and I love doing it. But I saw this guy deliver this 20-minute message TED talk thing and I'm like, "That was just perfectly executed." And as a speaker, I'm always watching for their techniques and their stuff. And I'm like, "That was amazing. That was incredible." 
Um, and then I got to hear the guy being interviewed and he talked about the research he did and how he read books on how to deliver a speech because he was really worked up about this TED Talk. And I was fortunate enough to hear, I suppose, the backstory to that, that actual uh, talk. And what was fascinating was the amount of rehearsal, practice and time and research he did was phenomenal. But like when I listened to it, I'm like, he just is a natural. This guy is like amazing speaker. Um, and this is the thing. But off the cuff, you could say that guy just got up and delivered it. It looks like he it was effortless. But it wasn't. It was a lot of work went into it. And he was, you know, sweating about it on the run up to it. But my point was with the comparing and when and I was like, man, I'd love to get even better at speaking to be, you know, as good as that guy or even a, a, even a little bit better. Or I'm nearly as good as him. And when I heard how much work was put in, then I realized, you know, this is attainable. So the comparing in that instance was good for me because it pushed me to be better because I yes. saw someone who's better. So I'm like, I want to try and be better than I am. So comparing is good when it pushes you to be better, but it's not good when it pushes you into jealousy or envy. I think that's the real difference. Yeah, because I, I actually read another quote saying comparison is not the true thief of joy. Envy is. Well, so is it's true. how we react to comparing. So I you can see so. like what you're saying. You can either get envious by it or you could actually see as healthy competition or yeah. it can push us to go that extra mile, you know, that we see somebody else doing something um, better than us. But we go, do you know what? Actually, I'm going to give that a go. And I think this is where the fine line and where it gets confusing, because what happens with people is like, so we're comparing, say, for example, to be a better speaker or to be a better driver or be, I don't know what else, right? But our sports, you know, just yeah. to be better yeah. at something and, you, and it pushes you. Even However, in business. Or a bit everything. But here's the problem. And this is where the line of the sand comes. We keep that same mentality of, oh, I can be better. I can be better. And it can slip into unhealthy when we see someone, you know, if a guy sees, you know, this guy in the gym and he's huge and he goes, that's it. I'm going to put more weights on. I want to be as big as him. <laughs> or, you know, what you see, obviously, you know, I get to speak in, in schools a lot. And it's amazing how a picture. So you've got someone, you know, 20 years old say or the you know the tv show love island or whatever else and they're walking around in their bikinis and then you have someone who says oh i want to be as slim as them and the it, the comparing is pushing them into unhealthy boundaries it's pushing them in an unhealthy you know mental space yeah and that's where we can slip into that very very easily um so it's good once it serves you well yeah but if it's you know, not serving you well, that's when you need to be pulled back. And I think that's when you sometimes need someone else to see it for you. And like the guy I met at the conference last week, it was his wife who actually said, you're becoming a little bit obsessed. And how it happened was he said, why did this picture get that many likes? And this one only got half the amount of likes. Do you think, do I look a bit funny in that one or is there something about me? And this is not a guy who's self-conscious. It was just a guy who started to, if you're looking at it all the time and scrolling, you can, it becomes a habit. Yeah. And then that habit can breed then in you the language of that social media. So you start to look, look at the pictures, look at the likes, look at the comments, look at the pictures, look at the likes, look at the comments. And it becomes like this bad habit. And you can start to obsess like very easily, but it kind of creeps up on you in a way. Absolutely. Or even you can compare like, how come they've that many followers and I've only this many followers? Whereas if you didn't compare how many followers your competition has, let's say, you'd be happily content with the amount of followers that you're having. Just, you know see it as a healthy competition rather than being envious or jealous of somebody in a better position than you are and absolutely because you know you've got to as i say and you know it's amazing the way a lot of online right now you know and you have for example say if you've got a thousand followers and then you see someone with five thousand it can totally dilute how good it is to have a thousand followers like yeah. you now or maybe it's 500 and whatever amount mm. but 
as soon as you start to compare, it casts shadow on the good that's actually in your life. You know, and it, like, so say you're an Instagram business or whatever, and you've got a thousand followers and then you see another, you know, business peer and they've got 5,000 followers. It can automatically make you feel like your thousand isn't valuable. It's still a thousand people, you know? So I think we have to be careful that comparison comes in many shapes and forms. And that's what it does. It makes us something that is good in our life. It makes it feel bad. Like if you're, you know, playing a sport and you're training and you're doing well, but then you see someone on TV who's doing even better than you, it can make you feel like, oh, I'm not doing that well because look how well he's doing. The lesson is, I think, and we'll move on from social media, but the lesson is really there will always be people who are doing better, looking better and getting more popularity than you are. But bear in mind, you know, you're doing well right where you're at. Don't get caught up in comparison because it does rob your joy. It does rob your contentment. You know, you can wake up content, look on Instagram and all of a sudden you're discontent because they're doing or appears they're doing a lot better than you are. And I think that's the problem kind of with social media. But what about the comparison when it comes to friendships? Because I think yeah. this is the thing that can like you can have the best of friends and it can be a real issue. That's right. It could come between you because everyone's on their own journey, as you say, <laughs> you know, so. Somebody might have a house before you do or a friend might get married before you do or a friend might have um, children before you do. You know, everyone's on their their different road and different time frame in life, if you like. So, yeah, that's true. I suppose if you're if if you're comparing yourself to, oh, it can make you feel like, you know, inferior or whatever about yourself because you're thinking, oh, I should be in that place in my life. But yeah, I never thought of that actually with friends. Friends is a real bad one. Um, do you ever remember the movie um, Bride Wars? So, so Bride Wars, we saw it years ago. That's it's so a, bad at it's movies. It's a romantic <laughs> uh, comedy kind of thingy. It was more your movie than mine. But however, the story <laughs> yeah, was, yeah, yeah. you had two best friends and they're six years old, right? This is the, but it's a good, it's a good example of friend rivalry. They were like six years old and they were with their parents and they saw this wedding happening at this amazing hotel and the bride and the groom and they're six years old as kids. Real American movie, you know? Yeah. And it's all, and they're like, wow. And one day we'll get married. You know, yeah. so they're six. Fast forward, one of them gets proposed to and on the exact same day or week or something, her friend, her best friend gets proposed to. Now they're both engaged and they both want this hotel. No spoilers that- now. I won't give spoilers, but it's an old movie. There's no spoilers, but they both, this is not a spoiler. This is early on. The whole movie is about what happens after this. So anyway, long story short, they both are now engaged and they both want to have the wedding in this particular hotel that they saw back when they were both six years of age. Okay. And the problem is the hotel only has uh, uh, two dates left. And what happens is, and they're like, okay, that's great. We've got our dates. But the movie kind of kicks off when the hotel make a mistake and it books them both in for the same date on the same day. So who's going to give up the wedding for the other? Why don't I remember this movie? It sounds great. Yeah, it's great. Uh, I think it's Anne Hathaway in it and stuff. But anyway, so this is where it all begins. And you're kind of thinking, now best of buddies, and obviously it's called Bride Wars, so obviously a war (laughs) ensues. But these, this can happen in life so often, you know? Like someone gets a car and say, you you know, you've got a, a group of friends and they're in college and then someone gets a car. And then someone is working and they buy their own car. It's not the parents' car anymore. It's their own car. And now they're like the cool one. And you'll have the friends, you know, oh, let's get a lift with you. You've got your own car. But you you will get friends in that group who are like envious of that car and wish you didn't have it. I always remember, and I think I've talked about it before, the difference between jealousy and envy. Yeah. You know, they're both bad things. But jealousy is I want what you have. 
But envy is, I want what you have and I don't think you should have it either. You know, it's like the worst thing. It's worse than envy. But this is what <laughs> happens with friend rivalry or someone gets a new dress, whatever. I remember standing outside a church one time and the guests were arriving and there was a group of friends. You could see them just kind of waiting. Obviously, this was before the bride hadn't got there. And the friend walks up and you could see she was kind of, you knew by her persona, she was kind of a quiet girl. And then there was a girl in the group who you knew was kind of the loud girl. And they're obviously best of buds, right? Mm. So the girl's walking up in the dress and the loud one goes, oh, that's a lovely dress. Yeah, I was going to get that one. But I didn't in the end. I went with this one. And it was kind of like double-edged. Oh, because it's nicer. Like, like... It's like, yeah, it's like you have a nice dress, but I didn't get it because mine's this nicer. This is better. So maybe she lovely. didn't mean it that way. But yeah, I always yeah. think it's those kind of, what do you call it? The passive-aggressive thing yeah, where someone yeah. says these little comments and whatnot and is you know did they really mean that i think that's where the turmoil you know becomes comes in when it comes to friends but friend rivalry can kick off in so many ways i mean it can be jealous of you know you're hanging out as friends and then all of a sudden you know one of your friends he now has a girlfriend and none of you you're all single he's got a girlfriend and now it's like you know are you coming out oh i'll just check with herself yeah. and then it's like <laughs> this kind of like oh he's check with herself and this king can kind of start to come in you know kind of way but when you think about friends comparing like what you're talking about there i automatically think people only as teenagers would be that way but i think it can carry through as well into adulthood like 20s 30s plus yeah absolutely i mean i know one scenario where a person got a, a really cool it was the latest like car and then someone else got the exact same car and it just a different color um and it was like complete competition, competition you yeah. know um and it's that kind of thing that can happen with people is like i don't know where it comes from generally it comes from well it's like what we're saying it comes from when you start to compare when you see that because they have that thing and you interpret that rather than celebrating what they have you actually go oh they have that thing in your own head then you tell yourself that if we actually kind of narrow it down what is the problem with this comparison thing because in our head we go they have that thing that means they're better than me i need to have that or better you know to to remain in the game yeah. and it's not a game you kind of put value on yourself you know where mm. you're at in your life comparing it to where your friend is or your brother or your sister or whatever i think so i think it's a bad thing basically what happens is you know and, and it can easily happen we we see what they have as better than what we have and now we're not happy because you know we're comparing straight away but the real, you know, I suppose the, the answer to the problem is if we, if we all learn to celebrate people's, you know, blessings in their life with them, you know, celebrate with them. Uh, what's that saying? Um, go where you're celebrated, not, not just, tolerated. Yeah, go where you're <laughs> celebrated, not tolerated. And I think it's so true because we sometimes can have friends. You can have a group of 10 friends. But in that group of 10 friends, you know, you're going to have the ones that are closer to each other. And then you're going to have the ones that they know what, you know, I know what she's like. She's part of our group circle, but, you know, she can be a bit catty or jealous or envious and whatever else. And I think most groups of friends will always have, well, not always, but maybe has one that qualifies. Oh, they're the, they're the trouble one, the one that, you know, backbites and whatnot. But you will find that, look, not everyone's going to celebrate you. Some people will just be in that group to tolerate you, but they're not everyone may celebrate you. And you'll always know when something good happens. You'll know who is who are your cheerleaders. You know, that kind of who are the ones that are kind of cheering with you. And then you might sometimes be surprised that not everyone's going to celebrate when you get something new. Like, I think in Ireland, especially, we have a real thing of, you know, not just keeping up with the Joneses, but like, you know, don't tell anyone anything. Yeah. Tell them nothing. You know, I remember when when we got engaged, 
we expected everybody to be like delighted and happy for us. And it's not even that we discussed it. We just presumed. Yeah. And um, so like, I remember I was really taken back when there was people who couldn't even bring themselves to say congratulations because obviously. And what were they like? Like, uh, like how would that conversation play out? Like, were you like, they're not saying, it's like the elephant in the room. I just got engaged. Just didn't say congratulations. They just didn't acknowledge. They're there in the room and you're kind of like, okay. Um, so obviously they're dealing with something themselves that they, they feel they're comparing. And suppose I, I, they're probably like, well, I'm in whatever situations I should be married before them. But you're right because no, without names, right? I actually remember <laughs> when you came home and you were saying, I know this person years, their family knows my family and, but she was a bit older than you and she was single. And I, think it was a bit of a bone of contention that fact that you were younger getting married because yeah. we were trying to make sense of you know because this is put it this let's paint the picture in this scenario this person you would have thought would be one of the first people to say oh, congratulations you're getting married but they didn't they didn't even acknowledge it and you came home going they didn't even acknowledge it like and i thought we could celebrate and it just didn't go that way at all and i i, I in hindsight i think you know where they were at in their life they were single they were older than you maybe I don't know, but maybe it was a comparison thing. Or maybe they just weren't... They maybe just, they just didn't like you. It could have been that too. <laughs> sure, who knows? But yeah, I How mean... How could they not like you? So, all right, yeah. Um, <laughs> no, me come live with me. Although you do. Anyway, moving on. But no, when it comes to friend rivalry, it can kick up in many shapes and forms. And I think you've got to be, you know, and it can be some personality types are more prone to it and whatnot. But, you know, as we all know, we kind of, you kind of have to be the bigger person. You kind of have to be the person and say, look, well, if, if that's how they are, don't let it burst your bubble. You know, celebrate when you've got something to celebrate. Because I see sometimes people go, oh, I can't celebrate this because they don't. Say, for example, someone is getting, gets engaged and then someone, their friend is single. They'll feel out of being sensitive not to go on about the engagement with yeah. their friend. And that's out of, I suppose, an element of respect and, you know, loyalty and whatnot to their friend. However... If you're the friend and they're getting engaged, you know, they've been get, getting married or engaged and you're not and you're still single, you know, the real friend will go, well, let's tell tell me all about it. You'll, you'll back them, you'll support them, you'll be their like yeah. cheerleader in a way. And I think that's, I always think it's like this, when it comes down to it, you know, we can be sensitive towards people when, you know, they don't have something that, and we've been blessed with a job and they're out of a job or whatever the yeah. scenario might be. But if you're the person on the other side when someone is doing, you know, achieved something or, or doing well and you've not, made it yet be the bigger person and celebrate with them you know and and you'll find you'll be in much greater form when you start to celebrate with them than should we say oppose or you know just be kind of spiteful towards it. it it'll serve you a whole lot better at the end of the day you'll be in a happier place for it um but i think the biggest one is the most challenging one that we all, we do hear write-ups about is sibling rivalry yeah i was just about to say that because like families bring it back to our friend so when we discussed we're having this conversation I was like you know what I never actually thought about that because when I think of sibling rivalry I automatically think to kids you know when people yeah. are kids and they don't get on they're fighting over toys or something but it actually can be um brought up into adulthood I think so like there's a you know a, a famous feud you know that's been going on for decades um and I'll, I'll get to it in a moment but you know what it is right I think these feuds a lot of the time can start when someone's younger and they just carry on. Yeah. But people make up, I, I always remember this and I always kind of, when I'm, I've sometimes kind of shared this at talks and different things and people, it does resonate with people. Um, we don't see 
things through our own eyes. We see things through our own perspective. So you can have 10 people see the same picture and you might have 10 different opinions about that picture or about that story or about that movie yeah. because they see it through their perspective. Mm. You know, it, how it resonates with their beliefs, their values, what they believe, what they think and how it should be and how it shouldn't be. And that's how we actually see things through life, you know, from a young age and whatever. So if we get a, a thing in our head of, you know, middle child syndrome, and we really latch on to that. Not that we diagnose ourselves, but we become that person or we read about it and whatever. There's lots of things that we can, I suppose, set up when we're younger, not really take heed of it. And then it carries all the way through until we're older. Until if we have a day, like we have an epiphany and we kind of go, do you know what? I've always been thinking that. That's not really good for me to be thinking that way about them or whatever else. Maybe it's not even true. Um, It's yeah. very much true when it comes to siblings because remember when you were like, 10 years old and you know your brother took your ice cream from you and it freaked <laughs> you out and you couldn't believe it and then you think about that story you know 10 years later because this time you know something happened oh and then first of all a person can jump back to oh they've always been like that because when I was younger they robbed my ice cream oh they've always treated me badly yeah. and it might not be connected because someone at 10 and 20 30 40 completely different people a lot of the time isn't it like um when when we remember back things that happened when we were younger like that you're saying the ice cream or something that might be a bit worse whatever I think we always remember it as being a lot worse of a situation yeah. than it actually was it's yeah. like heightened and escalated and then you start to think oh my gosh like how how I was only 10 or whatever you know how could they be so mean or whatever so now you're in an adult body adult emotions thinking about back about a situation as a poor child you know that yeah. kind of way so it it escalates and can be seen as a lot like heightened a lot, lot worse than it actually was the reason is because you're now seeing yourself from an adult perspective and you're seeing yourself as like a child yeah how could someone ever do anything to a child yeah but when you were that child at that time it might not have been as bad as you yeah. thought um no look that, that doesn't qualify for everything so there are some horrific yeah, things that happen when, when you're a child and you don't realize at the time how horrific it is until you know you have an adult perspective yeah. so it can work both ways but we can sometimes hold on to beliefs from when we were young and carry them all the way through and believe that about our sibling do you know that kind of yeah, way and, yeah. and we can hold that against them because oh they used to always brag when they you know beat me at something and then 20 years later your sibling gets a new house and you don't have a house yet. Oh, they're just going to be bragging about the house now yeah. because you paint them in your tired with that same brush. Yeah. Your sibling is now typecast. They're just like that all the time. And they may not be like that at all, you know, because people change a lot from 15 to 35. And yeah, whatnot, have you? of course. Hopefully. Um, hopefully. <laughs> but so we always have to kind of catch ourselves and say, well, hang on a minute. Is it justified? Is it real? And is it based off actual fact? I think easier said than done. But the best advice is kind of take it a week at a time and, and don't judge people after you know past um actions you know because if we were to judge if we if people judge us off our past our past actions you'd quickly realize that nobody's perfect no. you know we have to give i know it says it's easier said than done because some people are really annoying and it's just like oh they're always like that well if they are always <laughs> like that that's fine but give people a bit of grace and say well you know what i'm, I'm basing my reaction off them on how we were as kids maybe they're not the same you know easier said than done but it's sometimes good to do that. But we really can factor in um, beliefs and stories about our siblings from a young age and they become ingrained in us like a tattoo that's always there. And whenever that gets a trigger, we react the same way because oh, that's just them being nasty, like they've always been nasty. 
and it's it's not fair it's not justified and it isn't always accurate someone as i say i might have done something you know mean to you like robbed your ice cream when you were 10 mm. and then they do something mean 20 years later don't hold them under the same microscope you know they're different yeah. people different time you know different scenario now some people some people don't change like you mentioned you know we hope they do grow up and mature or whatnot but then don't always judge people under your past experience of them give people benefit of the doubt, doubt. you know at the end of the day they are your brothers or sisters or cousins or it. whatever it might be so they're family yeah for life you don't get to choose, <laughs> you can't choose. Is, is that what they say you know you choose your friends but you can't, you can't. choose your family yeah, exactly. so you know and, and the thing is there's no such thing as a perfect family like there yeah. isn't there's always stuff because if you get a couple of personalities throw them into a room um not by choice you know <laughs> you didn't choose your sisters or your brothers they or they choose or neither do they choose you that's just who you have to grow up with you just gotta make it work and that's it you know it just is what it is um but i think the biggest sibling rivalry though are, are oh yeah to fame um one of my favorite bands of all time had every single album absolutely loved them and um, was oasis um, you know, and as we all know, Neil and uh, Neil, <laughs> Noel and Liam Gallagher, um, you know, two brothers, highly successful, you know, uh, singer songwriters, you know, and whatnot. But it's fascinating because, you know, Rolling Stone did a, a story on them and kind of said, well, where did this feud come from? Because what happened, what triggered off in 1995, Wibbling Rivalry was released um, by Oasis. They didn't even call it Oasis. They called it OAS exclamation S, right? Basically what it was, literally a 14 minute recording of them just insulting each other and bickering. A genuine no. fight called Wibbling Rivalry. Um, so Rolling Stone kind of said, you know, where did this all start? You know, Wibbling being sibling rivalry. Where did it all come from? They don't really know, but they said it's just always been there since kids, right back to the 1970s. Like, they did share one story. Um, Lean came in and he was drunk. He was plutonic. He couldn't find the light switch and ended up... Um, <laughs> urinating <laughs> um, <laughs> all over Noel's stereo so uh, yeah because he was so drunk he just didn't even know where he was oh, he couldn't hit the light switch thought he was in the bathroom and away he went uh, all over uh, Noel's and it was a new stereo at the time okay. back in the 70s so this is the kind of but it happened <laughs> that caused traumatic repercussions for a long time you know and that's where he Liam says oh, I think that's where it started you know okay. but but there was always history of them growing up like in 1994 Noel quit Oasis you know, it was their first American tour and he quit. Like, they've debuted definitely maybe, what an album. It was released in 94. They were at the top of the charts in the UK. They're trying to kind of conquer America. But during a gig in Los, uh, Los Angeles, um, Liam hits Noel with a tambourine and walks off stage. And then Noel quit Oasis. You know, that was in like 1994. And they were at the wow. height of their game. So this sibling rivalry was overshadowing any successes. You know, it just really was. And some people say, well, maybe it's because they're both ambitious. They both got egos. They're both talented and just you know whatever but then you've got other family members who can make it work and it was mad because like they had to go through a whole cooling off period then 1995 wibbling rivalry that i was talking about that 14 yeah. minute recording was released and literally it was just before definitely maybe was released and it is just 14 minutes of them like literally just insulting each oh other and arguing. Um, but then 1996 the band's fame um literally they were like flying it i mean they hit the peak in 1996 because obviously we all know the song yeah what's the story morning anyway what's the story morning glory um, they had gone, they were Billboard Hot 100s and literally they, um, fast forward a couple of years, Noel quits again. They had a big issue with Liam. Um, he quit again in 2009. Um, then there was the Brit Awards. I don't know if you ever saw the video. I think I played it for you yeah, one time on YouTube. Yeah. And he gets up um, and Liam just totally snubs Noel at the Brit Awards and walks off. And then the presenter comes on afterwards and goes, you know, what? A, and he goes, 
they couldn't believe and he drops the mic and just walks off and totally snubs his brother like that was in 2010 and then 2011 with the digital age you know the famous tweets um from Liam on twitter you know so this is going spanning from the 70s right up until you know now and um, like they said <laughs> they said they they would rather eat crap their own crap than actually be in a band together again what? that's how bad it is oh god it's such a pity because they were just epic well they're epic like i mean it's oasis but this is the thing so sibling rivalry like it doesn't matter where you find yourself in in in, in the world you either deal with it or you don't if you don't it's going to devise things i know a story even you know in ireland was sibling rivalry a massive property i mean worth i think it was 76 million or something like that um dad passes away um, leaves the inheritance for the two brothers, two sons, and they hate the two sons hated each other, and the house eventually was taken back, I think, by the banks or something, because they both came to a stalemate. One wanted to keep one it. wanted to sell. One wanted to sell, yeah. one didn't. And stalemate and it ended I think it went for like 14, 15 million when it could have been sold for like 75. Yeah. But again, sibling rivalry. I think it's it's one of those things that if you don't pick up on it or catch yourself it will just grow, you know, because you don't get to see, as you get older, and I think as we get to be adults, it gets harder because when you're a kid, you know, there was parents probably and they would sort it out. Yeah. So it was, you know, they fell out today, but they'd make up tomorrow and it's all grand by the weekend. But I think when we grow up and we have our own lives and we develop our own kind of self-worth, you know, rightfully or wrongly, but we kind of think, you know, who do they think they are? I'm not putting up with that anymore, like when I was younger, you know. And then what happens is you're not now seeing your siblings all the time. So you have a little argument and then you don't see them for a few weeks and you're thinking about that argument they can fester and grow and the next time you see them it's like 10 times worse you yeah. know and I think that's what happens when you're in adult life because you're not seeing them as much it can fester it can grow and it can become a whole lot worse and it may not even be as bad as you think it is it's just because time it's not being get, time to heal or yeah. patch up isn't happening so it's just kind of festering yeah I suppose getting to the root of you know realising ourselves having a look and seeing you know, you may not even realise that we may be holding a grudge or we may, may be having resentment. I suppose just analysing our relationships as well is always good to do, isn't it? And to think about it and think, do I have a problem? Do I have a resentment? Am I holding a grudge of something that is like so ridiculous from 20 years ago yeah. or whatever? Um, Because it's going to benefit us at the end of the day it, once yeah. we realise it and then just think, oh my God, it's so stupid and forget about it and forgive whatever. Um. Yeah, for sure. And move on and... Yeah, I think what what happens is you see, and I was kind of thinking about this because I was like trying to come up because you know like I know loads of stories you know even personal stories of people whether it be friends or family where the sibling thing because you've got as well you've got the you know the biological clocks are ticking and people get all very you know oh I should have done this by then and should have done back by then and I'm not getting any younger and and then your sibling is doing what you want to be doing and it can easily creep in even in a healthy yeah. relationship it can creep in we have to I think. Our emotions are like our thermometer, you know, you know, if we're feeling a certain way, it's good practice to ask yourself, well, why am I feeling like this? Particularly when you're not feeling well, you know, happy. Why am I not feeling like this? And and trace your steps back. And what I mean, trace your steps back, go back through, you know, your, your thinking for the last day and try get back and you'll probably find there was a trigger. It might have been a comparison. It might have been something you thought, or it might have been, worse again, your perspective on a situation. As in someone did got it, you know, doing well and so you perceive that as they're doing better than you. They're not. They're just doing well. It doesn't mean they're better than you. They're just doing well in their own. What life leads them to it? 
But when you use your emotions, you know, I'm not in a happy place. Why am I not happy? What's going on? Trace it back and find out what is the root. You'll probably find it all started with a thought or a series of thoughts. And if it's comparing, notice that to yourself. You know what? That's a bad habit. I need to change that. What's triggering off that? Because I was thinking about tonight when we were talking about doing this podcast. And I was like, I want to try and bring some solutions or some things that will help, you know, deal with it. And I thought, you know, it's easy to say, oh, when it comes to comparison, you know, just don't compare. But I think it sometimes happens that it's a habit for us or it's not going to be overnight change. So my advice would be is if you're finding that certain things trigger it, like social media can affect your mood by Mm. things looking better than you or whatever. Or someone, you know, goes online and says, oh, I've lost, you know, 10 pounds in six months and you only lost four in six months. And you're going, wow, you know, it's so discouraging. But no, you've got to focus on, number one, the wins you've had. Number two, you've got to look at and say, well, hang on, am I comparing? Is that what's robbing me? And rather than just going, I I must not compare. Well, if you're finding social media is triggering it, well, why not avoid social media first thing in the morning? Yeah. You know, why not make those little changes? I think, I mean, I say this to myself as well as anyone else, but it's good to find out what the problem is while we're feeling a certain way and then go and start to change the triggers, the things that actually trigger off. But the biggest, I think, I I shared this um, on my Instagram um, Mark's happy place gotta get a plug in because um, it's a happy place but I shared this quote and I said you know stay in your lane and I think that's true for life it's like the motorway you know you're in the middle lane say that's just you going along about your daily business and you think you're you're flying it and then someone overtakes you you know but remember there's a slow lane there as well you know you're doing well too don't ignore it once you're moving in the right direction is the most important thing you know maybe you've not got the house you wanted or the, or, or the partner you wanted or the car you wanted But if we can all learn to be happy in the now, if we can all learn to say, well, you know what, I don't have those things just yet, but I'm happy with what I do have. And 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 I I don't want to sound you know cheesy when I say it, but it is true. The attitude, the gratitude is 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 a really good thing. Choosing changing that attitude of, you know, I'm gonna be grateful for what I do have in my life rather than things I don't have, and just looking at myself and saying, you know, there'll always be people doing better than me, you know, because online is not a true comparison of life. I've seen it firsthand with people who look like they're um, doing amazingly well and they're and they're not behind closed doors you know so find out what's triggering it and what's robbing i suppose your contentment but learning to be content in the now is really done by finding what you can be grateful for at the present once you're moving in the right direction you may not be there yet but you know one day you will be don't know how long it's going to take maybe you've not lost the weight as much as you wanted to lose or maybe your siblings are overtaking you as far as you know life hurdles or life goals like houses and cars and relationships and kids but it's about being happy in the now and what's happy for one is not necessarily happy for you anyway. You know, so it is a case of we have to check the triggers, stay in our lane and always remember people will always be doing better than us. But focus on what you're doing well at and focus on what you can be grateful for. And I think that is actually the keys to it. it it's more about practicing those keys than anything else. I think we all know them when, we, when we're asked the question, how do you get over, you know, comparison? But the key is starting to practice them. I think that's the real threshold. And to remember, life is a journey. Enjoy the ride. That's so cheesy. <laughs> but cheesy, but it's good. It's true. <laughs> you know, that is the thing. You know, that is the thing. But like, you know what? Um, It really is catching ourselves and stopping ourselves. And remember, um, nobody's perfect. And if they try and tell you or make you convinced that everything is awesome, you know what? 
They're only lying. <laughs> I just thought I'd, I'd end on that. You I know? think end on the high. Anyway, <laughs> on that bombshell, which will change your life, if not rock your world, um, we shall love you and leave you. Thank you so much for tuning in. By the way, if you do care to be generous, we would love if you could head over, share these things, these uh, podcasts on, you know, we're on iTunes, we're on Spotify. Um, it's on the website markfinal.ie but you know sharing is caring it might just help somebody um, but the big thing is if you want to feel if you want to be really generous um, a review would be awesome and five stars would be even better Yay. because this is other podcasts I was comparing myself to and they've got way more <laughs> reviews no I'm not going to do it I'm not going to do it anyway on that note listen Fiona it's a pleasure as always <laughs> on that note we'll see you later see you in the next podcast stay tuned talk to you then 